This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This show is brought to you by our show sponsor, BetterHelp Online Therapy. Reaching out for help, while it may seem easy, isn't. But why is it so hard to ask for help? Mental health has a strong stigma attached to it, but we're slowly starting to break it down. As a result of this stigma, people are afraid to ask for much-needed help. That's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp is a customised online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy really is about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and 21 and over listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash holly. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash holly hello and welcome back to another episode of 21 and over i'm holly and i'm so excited to be joined by tally today so good to be back today we will be talking about a topic that we briefly touched on a few weeks ago um it's definitely very present in my mind as the sun is coming out the days are getting warmer and the need to wear less jumpers and jackets the pressures really are mounting, and this topic is body image. Before we get started, it's time for a check-in. Tally, what has been a high and low of your week? So I think the low of this week has probably been um, a lack of sleep, probably, mm-hmm. um, because of the heat mainly. But that also ties in nicely to my high, which has been the heat and enjoying the sun and uh, everything feels a little bit lighter when the sun's out, mm. literally literally speaking <laughs> as well as metaphorically speaking. Um, and being able to enjoy it, be outdoors has been really wonderful. What about you, Holly? What has been your high and low of the week? I will start with my low because my high has a bit of a story with it. Um, so my low is... Always in summer, I notice that I carry more water weight than I do in winter, which means that I'm a lot more bloated. And it definitely can affect my mood because I don't really know where it's come from. Kind of first thing in the morning, I feel like I have just, I just swell Mm. all the time, which makes me very self-conscious. And a lot of the time, I don't really want to leave the house or eat as much because I don't Mm. want that to add to the bloat. But my high, so... I guess the backstory is whenever myself or my siblings turn 18, one of our presents is a place in the marathon, um, in the London marathon. So my older sister Megan did it. My twin, uh, Jack and I, did the marathon in 2018. 
And Tilly was meant to do hers last year, but it got cancelled because of COVID. And then this morning, she's currently in Australia for work and is on day 13 Mm. of quarantine. Um, And I actually woke up this morning, my family group chat was kind of making so much noise. And I woke up and I was like, can they just be quiet? So I silenced (laughs) it, tried to go back to bed. And then I was like, okay, I kind of feel bad. I'll check what it says. Um, And it was a message from Tilly saying, look guys, I'm 22.1 kilometers in, I'm halfway. And I was like, what is this girl doing? She's got 14 days to do nothing. Like, just relax. Um, turns out Teddy did a marathon. and In her hotel room. Yeah. And wow. <laughs> about when she had just about 5K left to do, she sent a message to our kids group chat and said, guys, I really need some encouragement. Like, someone help me here. Um, and Megan and Jack were working. So I FaceTimed Tilly and we FaceTimed for about three hours and I was able to help her through the last bit of her marathon and I don't know, it was really fulfilling. Yeah, you were able to be a support. I mean, that that's a hell of a stint, right, yeah. to do and you were able to be there for the last three hours of it. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it felt so great because I remember the support I had on my marathon day and say the one the sport Megan had when she did hers mm. um, and growing up, kind of mum and dad would do marathons every year, so... As kids, we'd always go and support them on the sidelines. Um, so to be able to be there for Tilly to do hers, even though she was alone, mm. I know it felt really great. Gosh, well, I mean, that's definitely something to aspire to be like. I've never done a marathon in my life. Perhaps I should think about it. I'd recommend outside, though, not, not in a in hotel, hotel room. room. Yeah, that's fair. So following on from our check-in, today's topic is body image. And for me, it's definitely something that I struggle with. And I know, Tali, you have as Mm -hmm. well. So maybe did you want to give more of a description of what it can be or what it can include? Sure. So body image is how you see yourself when you look in the mirror or the picture of yourself that you have in your mind, which if you have a negative body image is going to be very distorted. So, you know, a negative body image involves, as I said, distorted perception of one's shape. And it's very common that it involves feelings of shame, anxiety, and feeling very self-conscious. So as you were saying, Holly, you know, in this kind of weather, when the sun's out, having a negative body image is very painful because Hmm. you're more aware of it. People have less clothing. It's something that you, you don't want to be wearing all this. You don't want to be hiding your body, basically. People who experience high levels of body dissatisfaction feel that their bodies are flawed in comparison to others. And therefore, they sort of much more likely to suffer feelings of depression, isolation, low self-esteem. And it can also lead to developing disordered eating. Mm-hmm. And, and while there's no sort of single cause of eating disorders, research indicates that body dissatisfaction is the best known contributor to the development of, of anorexia and, and bulimia nervosa. Body image is, is a very powerful thing and it's not necessarily talked about enough in terms of you know how we don't discuss how we feel about our bodies that's not something that is necessarily shared a lot you know we talk mm-hmm. about how we're feeling but very rarely do you ask you know someone how are you feeling about your body because sometimes yeah. that can sound a bit yeah. odd the way that we perceive our bodies 
normally comes from internalized messages from when we were younger, you know, what we're exposed to as a child. So whether that's lots of of different images of bodies or how we view our parents, um, how their relationship is with their body, you know, all these different things, we can have an ideal of what we want our body to look like. And as we grow up and we don't have this, this shape, you know, it can cause a lot of distress, it can cause us a lot of pain, and it can cause us to want to change the way we look. The problem is with that is that as soon as we start messing with that and start doing different behaviours that that are trying to change the way we look, it's never enough. And I think that's what I've definitely realised from personal experience is that you're never going to have the perfect body. You're never going to for those who suffer with with body image mm-hmm. and body dysmorphia, it's very rare that you'll look at yourself in the mirror and you go, I've got the perfect body. And this is why it's so important to realize that it's never going to be good enough. Whatever you do, whatever diet you think you should do, or how often you think you should go to the gym, it will never be good enough. When you got down to that weight that you first wanted to get to, mm. did you just con- continue and... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is this was the problem, right? You have an you have an ideal weight in your mind, or you think when I've got a thigh gap, or when my oh arms God, are are you know look like X, Y, and Z, then I'll be happy. It's definitely a way of of control, but as I said, you get there, and it's not enough. You want more, mm-hmm. and also when you start sort of tampering with your body image and food and all that kind of stuff, you your brain distorts it right when you're starving yourself or you know over exercising or whatever it might be you then start to have a distorted image of what your body actually looks like so what you see is very different from what everyone else sees and it's very it can be obviously very dangerous I think the first time I was aware of eating disorders was when I was about 14 and I discovered tumblr and I was exposed to the real like glamorization Mm. of an eating disorder and how it's made to look so pretty, whereas in, I'm sure in real life, it's most definitely not. Mm. Eating disorders have definitely been glamorized in the past. I think it's all about, you know, the, the idea of what we should look like, different images shown in the media. You know, these are the things that there have been, there are a lot of people out there who what they're portraying is not necessarily healthy. And Mm -hmm. this, you know, especially in the fitness industry, not that I'm a part of it, but I can see, you know, a lot of people who are in that industry are not necessarily healthy. You know, they suffer Mm -hmm. with eating disorders. And this is where it's, it's a real problem because there's different level of severity when it comes to eating disorders. And I'd say a lot of people suffer with disordered eating. And the disordered eating essentially is when we make food or exercise means something more than it actually is like a cheat meal even quite so when if you think of food we are so used to food being either a treat or something to restrain from or when we work out really hard then we're allowed a cheat meal you know that that kind of thing whereas you know if you think about hundreds of years ago we needed food purely for fuel right yeah food as as we kind of have evolved it's become because it's so readily available it's become something that we either treat ourselves with or give ourselves a hard time about Mm -hmm. and I think therefore you know any type of eating disorder is also about control 
controlling how much or how little we eat, controlling the amount of exercise that we do or don't do. Um, and so there are so many different forms and, and facets and different ways it kind of materializes. Mm. Um, all that which obviously include body image, you know, how we want our body to look like. That's kind of, I guess, the main, the goal at the end of what we believe to be the goal of when we are sort of eating or not eating. Mm. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. I mean, I remember I, I didn't really think much about my body image, but I remember... Well, I did in school um, mm. and it wasn't probably quite as forward in my mind until, so I went through a stage of, it was when my dad was training for an Ironman and I started joining in some of his personal training sessions. So I was doing kind of a lot of cardio and weights and not really thinking much about it because I was enjoying it and mm. I felt as if I was looking after my body and then I was also eating well. Um, and I remember in school, it was literally in summertime so that's normally when you'd wear like a skirt instead of mm. leggings and I remember that some of the boys had said that I had like a bodybuilder legs mm. and I was kind of like well I don't but I came home and I, I genuinely went and looked at myself in the mirror because I realized I do have more muscle on my legs than maybe some other girls mm. do because they're not lifting weights and even now I get worried when I do lift weights or work out that I'm going to build so much muscle and I think it can be so damaging when such a small comment absolutely at a young age is made because then it just manifests itself over time when this is what I was you know talking about in terms of the internalized messages like you had not been exposed to comparison at this point in your Mm. life you your body was your body as far as you were concerned it was just something that got you through the days like you didn't even think about it you didn't think about what it does and 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 then someone makes a comment like that. And funny enough, my experience was very similar. I was told that I had thunder thighs, right? And it's a comment that I have never forgotten, right? And it was such a young age, you know, a passing comment from someone who wouldn't even remember. Yeah. But suddenly it my body became, I don't know what the word is. It's not, you know, an, well, an object, right? Rather than just being my body, it became something that other people were critiquing. Mm. And this is why, again, we have to be so careful not to comment on other people's appearance because everyone is built differently. And and this is something else I've had to really hone in on is that my body is never going to be the body that I want it to be purely from like a physical standpoint. You know, I'm built very differently to a lot of other people. And because that's how it is we're not all built the same but fashion you know teaches us we should all look like this or it's good if we look like this and this is where it's really dangerous the good versus bad body Mm -hmm. that needs to really change we need to keep talking about the fact that there's no good versus bad it's it's healthy and not healthy or what you're happy in versus what you're not happy in basically and how when you don't feel content it's not about we're never as I said we're never going to be fully content with our bodies Mm -hmm. but how can we learn to find bits of it that we are content with and that we love and that we appreciate Definitely. And I think, as you said, going back to remembering that not everybody is the same. I mean, I 
have two sisters and my mum and we mm. are all very close and growing up we all all our bodies changed at different times mm-hmm. um mum is very petite um even from like her feet they're quite they're the same foot sizes that she's the same size as me but she can fit sometimes shoes that are much narrower and I remember when I was growing up and kind of my body started changing and then all of a sudden I had like curves that my sisters didn't have and my hips became a lot rounder and I was kind of like hold on a minute why does no one else have this Mm. um but it's funny because now all of us girls can swap each other's clothes. I yeah. mean, not all of mum's stuff's fit me. Some of someone's stuff is too short um, or a bit too small. Um, but I think definitely remembering that everyone goes through changes at different times. Absolutely. And also, not only that, but each individual change, our bodies change with, as you were saying earlier, the weather, you know, how much, how much water we drank the day before, you know, hormones, like there are so many different things that contribute to a change in our body. And if we have a negative body image and we're so aware of our body, it's so easy for us to feel uncomfortable because Mm. we're so in it and we're so aware of it all the time. You know, that goes on, I guess, to, to talking about like lockdown and coming out of lockdown. We've just spent a year being indoors, not really being active being in our bodies, perhaps not moving it as much, eating more, drinking more, I don't know, whatever it is. And now we're, you know, we're faced with this like summer and everyone's talking about what's it, hot girl summer. And it's just so, it's dangerous. Yeah, it's like it kind of came out of nowhere. I don't even know what it means to be honest (laughs) with you. But everyone went from kind of, I mean, the January beginning of lockdown, that was pretty miserable. Mm. Um, and now we're six months later and everyone's like, like right, summertime, you know, mm. get the two pieces out, let's get all of this. But I mean, I'm definitely not, I don't feel as comfortable getting the smaller pieces of clothes out, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that just needs to be normalized because if you're not ready for it, then that's not, it's not something you should be pressured into, like to fit in oh, with a group. And also there's no shame in not fitting into old clothes, right? <laughs> you know, there's, it's okay to get new clothes. And, and if you don't fit into something that you fit into a year ago, well, that's because a lot's happened in a year. And, you know, it's not necessary to keep those pieces of clothing that don't necessarily fit. And I'm wondering if you can actually relate to that hardly by your face. Yes. <laughs> um, so I do clothes clear outs. I try to do them quite often. Um, but often mum always tells me to do it um but every time I do a clear out there is probably about a good handful of clothes that I've had since I was probably 17 18 Mm. and I'm like oh no I'm keeping this because I'll lose weight and I'll fit into it again and it's like there's a pair of jeans there's a pair of shorts there's a like a swimming costume I got when I was 16 <laughs> that I'm like, yep, that's good. That's good. It didn't even fit me when I was that age. But I'm like, yep, that's going to fit me this summer. Like I'm mm. going to get back into that. Um, and I just can't get rid of them mm. as much as I want to. I just, I won't. But what do you feel that you'll lose if you get rid of those clothes? You know, I don't know whether it's the memory of, or like the not being able to have them. Mm. Um, I don't know what it is like I I love the clothes themselves but again some of them aren't really anything special Um, and I could probably find a newer equivalent of them 
But there's just something about these clothes where I'm like, you know, I, I'm still going to fit into that one day. But it's also what you make the clothes mean. Do you know what I mean? It's like if the clothes have all this power, right? The clothes, the shorts, the jeans, if you fit into them, then it will be okay. Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm. it's a sort of, it's what, it's the meaning that we give these clothes. I, I completely relate to it. You know, when I was, when I went through my period of, of anorexia and I had to get rid of this one pair of jeans that was like the, the best pair of jeans ever because it signified, you know, being thin. Mm. And I went into treatment and I had to get rid of these jeans and it was heartbreaking, but actually it was the best thing I ever did because it was going to keep me stuck. Mm. It was going to keep me in that mindset of that's good, right? And that's essentially kind of what you've made those yeah. clothes mean, right? They're good. And if you fit into them, it means what? Yeah, I know it's an unhealthy thing. Um, like I wanted to sunbathe them in my garden the other day. Um, and I was like, you know what? Let's try on that swimsuit. <laughs> I literally picked it up and looked at it. And it's I was like, sabotage. I, it's an awful thing yeah. to do. And I looked at it and I was like, that's probably like not going to get over mm. my hips now. So I didn't. I put on something Good. else that I knew would fit. Amazing. I mean, I still haven't thrown it away. Yeah. Um, one thing at a time. <laughs> one thing at a time. But I didn't, at least I didn't like try and squeeze into it. When we have a negative body image, those kind of thoughts and those kind of the, the, the negative inner critic that we have to beat ourselves up is so habitual and so luring alluring for some reason like it sort of lures you in and makes you think oh yeah let's let's just try this on knowing it's not going to fit just as a way to beat ourselves up as if it's mm -hmm. sort of going to give us some momentum or yeah. it's going to give us a sort of a kick up the bum it, it never does yeah it, it, it's how we actually change that and perhaps look at it with a more loving perspective and I think something kind of along those lines that is quite difficult you know when you go into different stores and like a 10 in mm. this store is more like a 12 in that store and I remember I bought the top and it was in a size like four sizes smaller than what I actually am but it was baggy on me so I was so confused so I mean I hate buying jeans I don't wear jeans Neither anymore I, because they just don't fit my hips my waist or my bum or my thighs um, I haven't worn jeans in a long time and I love it um even when I do buy jeans, I will buy like a range of sizes so that I can return ones that don't mm. fit. And there's something that is so kind of, I think, damaging when these clothing stores don't all comply to the same mm. like sizing regulations. Well, again, it's like what we make the number mean. Yeah. You know, this size is better than that size. Mm. It's like, oh, well, I'm a size this. And, and it's, again, it's, it's, everyone's different there's no good and no bad but we're so it's been society I guess and and the media and and fashion have made certain sizes good versus certain sizes bad and that's just mm. so dangerous because not everyone is built the same no definitely not now I remember when I was in the nightingale and when you're in a treatment center you don't exactly dress up or put on makeup because <laughs> you're so focused on just trying to work on you that you physically have no energy to I, I wouldn't even put on leggings because they felt like a squeeze mm -hmm. to put on um and I remember coming out of the nightingale it was like a whole reintroduction to different pairs of shoes because I had two pairs of shoes in there with me mm -hmm. um or like a different handbag or a different style top so 
I'm interested in, Tali, when you came out of treatment, what was it like trying to find new clothes? Did you have to try and, did you feel like you needed a different style of clothes Mm. or what was it like reintroducing such an everyday item like clothing Mm. back into your life? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you had a rough week? Need someone to talk to? Are you sad, anxious, overwhelmed, or more irritable than usual? With BetterHelp, you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counselling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counsellor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counsellors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional therapy and financial aid is available. Visit betterhelp.com holly. That's better, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. We have a special offer for 21 and over listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash holly. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash holly. For me, for so long, my eating disorder had been my identity. So Mm -hmm. what I wore was a real representation of that. And usually it was obviously lots of baggy clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was obviously also a part of me when I was very underweight that wanted to show that off, right? I wanted Mm -hmm. people to look. I wanted people to see that I was obviously underweight. and, And even though... I didn't really feel that I was that thin at the time. And then I went into treatment and obviously we had these exercises where we would have to get rid of our baggy clothing and start to wear, this was once we'd gained weight and had mm-hmm. to wear stuff that was that was tight fitting. And I, I hated it, <laughs> absolutely hated it. And I still struggle with it. I still mm-hmm. don't necessarily like wearing tight clothing, but I've got so much better at it because I've learned... To, to wear what complements my body, right? Rather than, you know, what I think looks good and what I think other people want me to wear. Um, and I came back from treatment and I was still in a weight gain process, right? So I still knew that I had to gain a certain amount of weight. So I, I, was, st- I was still kind of, it was very hard to, to decide what my look was, what I wanted to wear, mm. basically. So I was in ba- I was in a lot of baggy clothes for quite a long time. And it was difficult because I had to keep throwing away clothes because I kept gaining weight. And that was a really painful, you know, place because obviously I'd been certain weight for a very long time. Um, And I think it's okay to, you know, to as well to acknowledge that one's style changes all the time. Like Mm -hmm. we can choose to wear things that we feel comfortable in and that's going to change, right? It's going to change with how we feel about our bodies from one day you might feel comfortable wearing something tight or that shows off bits of your body. And the other day, for whatever reason, you might want to wear something baggy again. It's difficult, you know, being comfortable with that change is difficult Mm -hmm. because we are so fixated with what we think we should wear or what we think will look good. Does that make sense? No, of course. 
it must have felt endless, like a cycle of getting new clothes, mm. waiting till they would fit and then getting rid of them and like going up again. And but going it was a up. bit like what you were going, you know, when you came out of the Nightingale, you know, you, you'd gone from wearing, you know, baggy clothes and not mm. really paying much attention to your appearance to then having to pay attention to your appearance. Yeah, it was weird because obviously I was studying fashion design and fashion has always been my first mm. love. Um, and... It took a good six months for even mum to turn around and say, it's so nice to, like, you look like you again. Mm. Um, and I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, I'm, I'm me. And she was like, well, you know, you actually put together outfits now. Like, you think about them the night before, or, which I always mm. do. Um, but she was like, I can see that you've actually, you know, you're putting effort into it and you're not just that you're chucking on what you can see. And I guess for you, it's a real, it's actually quite a creative process. So when mm. you're, when you're in a sort of dark place, it feels very hard to get in touch with that. So perhaps when you were coming out of it, that's when you felt that you could get back in touch with it and start putting mm. pieces of clothing together. And it it became less about what you looked like and more about what you wanted to do in, in as a creative experience, basically. Yeah, I mean, totally. And like, I guess something that might be really weird is that like I take a lot of care in my shoes or my bags and to actually like find myself, like this sounds really weird, but like to actually choose between the bag I wanted to wear and then kind of like accidentally coordinate it to shoot my socks or something and it's a really small thing but noticing that I was doing that again without having to mm. think of it as being such a process it was so nice and I guess I kind of finally realized like okay I am coming back I'm less kind of I feel less alien mm. at the moment and these are the things that we can actually look at celebrating as being part of our body image I think so often we're focused on what we don't like about our bodies and very rarely do we think actually what do I like about my body what does look good on me mm -hmm. um, and it's an exercise that I get um, clients to do sometimes and, and I had to do myself is is this this and it might sound weird um, to anyone that's never heard of it before but writing a letter to to your body mm -hmm. saying you know basically getting a blank piece of paper and at the top writing dear body thank you now when I was first told to do that it was like the most horrific thing I wanted to cringe and yeah go to cut up into a ball <laughs> but I wonder you know what <laughs> by your face Holly I can see I wonder if that would if that idea would make you uncomfortable and what would be uncomfortable about it yeah it does make me cringe because it's a very bizarre thing to do yeah and it's I I don't like the thought of something that I'm feeling kind of word for word being on paper because mm. then anyone can see it so it'd definitely be something I would have to be in the right mind to do I'd do it and then I would destroy it afterwards but in terms of like you know looking at being able to think about the parts of you your body that you do like and that you you know, that you can thank, would that be a difficult process? I think it would and it wouldn't because there are things that I've learned to appreciate. Mm. Um, but again, depending on what kind of mood I'm yeah, in and how yeah. it fluctuates, it yeah. can very quickly turn to, you know, I hate my hips. Why do they have to be so yeah, round? Yeah, or yeah. Why do they have to go out so much further than my waist? Um, whereas other days I'm like, yeah, I love this. Mm. Um, so, I mean, if I was to today write something, I guess on the back of Tilly doing her marathon and to go from doing no training and literally just yeah. walking in a hotel room for 10 and a half hours, I guess I would thank my body for taking me through my marathon. Absolutely. Because 
it was rough. I, I trained for that um, for four months and I trained with Jack. Um, actually, a funny story is mum would always make us do our long runs, but we would always do our long runs on our weekend. And to not ruin the day, we'd have to go and do them early in the morning. Oh God, I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> yeah, no, awful. But Jack and I, because we were in our last year of A-levels, so a lot of our friends were also turning 18. Um, but not having to do marathons. <laughs> um, so Jack and I would drive to Richmond Park or Battersea Park to go do our long runs. And we would lock the, we would put down the seats in the car all the way back and we would sleep for an hour and a half. <laughs> and then we would get out and do our runs. And mum or dad never knew until about a year ago. And we told them. And they were like, are you kidding me? But no, but we would do the runs afterwards. Oh, I see. We'd have a nap first. Because <laughs> we were exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's that's definitely something to thank, you know, to be appreciative of. Like your body took you through that whole thing. I mean, there is so much, I guess, that our body does without us even realizing it, you know, yeah. keeping us alive. And I think when I really started to look at the kind of the tiny things that our body does without even me noticing, my body became so much more than just being a vessel of of looks, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, which is why I guess I encourage so much to celebrate and look at the smaller things that we do like about our body mm -hmm. um, and that we can thank it for, essentially. Yeah, and even like, I guess this last year, yeah, I stayed safe and I was... I came out pretty like unharmed and I'm so thankful for mm. that because um, I know a lot of people didn't and it was so sad mm. but I guess I would thank my body for keeping me healthy absolutely it's a very important one and also don't underestimate you know we, we underestimate when we experience feelings of stress and anxiety we put our bodies through a hell of a lot of oh, yeah. turmoil like mm. you know and the fact that it just keeps going, I think, is and and for, you know, for for people this this last year, um, you know, not just physically but also emotionally, just keeping everyone, you know, keep keeping going basically, yeah, um, because it's been it's been one hell of a year. Oh yes. <laughs> It's time for Behind the Post. So what have we got today? Today there is a picture which, correct me if I'm wrong, you've actually deleted off your wall, um, but it's a picture of you in a bikini from last summer. Yes, I actually archived it. Um, okay. Not until, like, at least like a few months afterwards. Um, I mean, it's not a bad picture. I, I don't mind it. And like at the time I was very happy with it. But kind of over time, I kept looking at it, kept obsessing mm. over it. And mum and dad always say, never read the comments because there's a lot of people who have a lot to say that shouldn't have mm. to interfere with your mood. And I was just like, it became like a daily thing. I was getting messages being like, oh, like I can tell you eat well at home because your dad's a chef mm. or kind of you're thick, like what happened? Or I wouldn't be proud if my daughter posted this. Um, so much judgment. Yeah, and then I just couldn't really be bothered to keep seeing these like bits of negativity come into the day. Mm. So I just archived it, and I already when I was going into posting it, um, I always I knew that there was probably going to be because it was a bikini photo. So I was like, you know, there's probably going to be mm. comments saying this, saying that. Um, so I was prepared for it, but like even a month or two later, they were still 
coming and I was like, you know what, let's, mm. I could either turn off the comments, but then I just removed it from my page because I didn't really want to deal with it or mm. just to read. I didn't really continue reading after I got the general gist, but just knowing that people were still. Well, that's the thing. It just shows like, even though you were feeling relatively confident in your body and your body image at that time, you then were affected by comments from social media. And this is how dangerous it is, right? People commenting mm. on other people's appearance when it's yeah. not appropriate. Yeah, and from a young age, mum and dad, they always say, you know, never read the comments because there's very rarely positivity. Mm. Um, but obviously growing up, you're interested to see what people have to say. Sure. You know, these strangers who don't know anything about you you know you want to see what they have to say and there is a lot of negativity sometimes and I'm I'm thankfully at a place where I don't read them anymore good because I don't need that I don't need someone else's opinion but it's so damaging because these are people who you know have their own lives but they will still take a minute out of their day to comment something hurtful about like someone who's younger than even when I was growing up like 12 years old Mm. put in their opinion just for no reason like how I don't understand like what they get out of it Mm. well I just think it's so important to then remember that you know how you to remember how you felt when you were posting that picture in terms of you felt good about your body image and then how easy it is to let other people affect Mm. how we feel and actually that's a real skill to learn how to put that to one side you know people will always have an opinion but it's about learning to to not let that dictate whether or not we feel good in ourselves. totally but I think it's a great picture today we will be answering some questions from our dms the first one is what do you do to help with self-confidence I get nervous about what to wear because I love fashion, I love to try new trends, but I always have to remember that if I'm not comfortable in what I'm wearing, then it does show and people around you will be able to notice that you're not feeling comfortable. So I always try to wear something comfortable and even though shoes I wear sometimes, high heels aren't comfortable, I try to dress comfortable in the clothes that I wear. And I think it's also important to remember that you're not always going to feel confident. Like there are days Mm. that you aren't going to feel so confident and it's about finding, you know, what works for you, as you were saying, you know, things that are comfortable, but also that you feel good in. Having said that, I also have found that sometimes pushing myself outside of my comfort zone is how I then end up getting a little bit more confident. Wearing the things that perhaps I wouldn't have normally worn makes me feel a little bit, you know, I might not enjoy it at the time, but afterwards I can be like, actually, do you know what? That's given me a little bit more confidence. That is so true. I remember times when I, before my sisters, I always try something out and then if they like it, they will buy the same thing Mm. or they'll take my clothes. Um, And it's such a compliment when someone wears Mm. or tries to style themselves like what you wear. Um, So I think kind of, it's not always easy feeling uneasy. Yeah, exactly. Um, But remembering that and just trying to stay comfortable in the moment. And then when you're home, put on a tracksuit, (laughs) get comfy. And another question is, I love the podcast. What methods do you use to calm yourself when you get anxious? Firstly, thank you very much. This one, I am still trying to figure out different ways. Um, 
There are a few things that I do, but sometimes when I'm anxious, it's very easy to forget. Absolutely. Yeah. Ways to calm myself down. So sometimes it takes a lot longer than others. I mean, Tally, what would you say you use? I use a breathing technique. I think I've said it in, a, in the sort of episode we talked about anxiety. It's called rebreathing, and it's you breathe in literally, breathe in for five and breathe out for ten three rounds of that and Mm -hmm. very slowly you know like get a metronome out and sort of count the beats really slowly um and that really helps just center me again you know and actually the best time to do it is when you're really anxious right even though it's the last thing you want to do because Mm -hmm. you're really sitting with your anxiety um always make sure that you're grounded so either sitting on the ground or having your feet on the ground if you're sitting on the side of your bed and and tapping as i said tapping your shoulder blades again brings you back into your body it doesn't necessarily make the feeling go away but that's not the aim the aim is just to avoid that fight or flight feeling where you just feel like you just you know it feels like it's going to kill you basically it's mm-hmm. a horrible feeling um so the breathing and, and recentering yourself back into your body i think for me anyway um has been the most helpful thing and as i said it doesn't get rid of the feeling but you then just feel slightly more in mm-hmm. control of it yeah grounding techniques have been very helpful for me you know the five Mm. four three method that's definitely something or even if I'm just on a sofa or on the floor like feeling the hard floor Mm. or feeling the texture of something that always kind of takes me out of my mind yeah absolutely Tali, thank you so much again for another great conversation. Thank you for having me again. It was really great, really insightful, and and hopefully a lot of um, the listeners will be able to identify. I hope so. Thanks so much for listening to 21 and Over. Please don't forget to subscribe to us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts to get updated on new episodes. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 21 and Over with Holly. And if you'd like to send us a note, you can either send a DM or email us at 21 and Over at studioramsey.com. See you next time.